Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so going to party. Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's great to be here with you today. Thanks for watching, listening, and subscribing. And today, we have a very special guest. Uh, I'm very excited about this conversation. We are chatting uh, with James uh, Pierce Conley. And uh, there is a good chance that if you have turned your television on and watched any kind of talk show or perhaps a game show, (laughs) whatever the case might be, this individual's handiwork is right in front of your eyes. And uh, he has a show right now on HBO Max called Craftopia. Uh, he's also a multi-Emmy award-winning production designer and uh, has just had his hands involved uh, in a lot of things. James, thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate it. Wow, thanks. It's awesome to be here. And it's really cool uh, just like for this little cool Craftopia uh title there it's really neat yeah of course absolutely well we try and do our very best and i knew you were coming on the show and uh you know you're a visual person obviously you created sets for i believe in the the mask singer and kelly clarkson and the list goes on and on um and what i have found interesting about your work and really just any sort of creative space like we want things that are visually appealing and pleasing right because they make us feel comfortable uh, they make us feel a certain way. So I imagine, I'm, and I'm very curious to start out here, when you are putting some of this stuff together, well, let's back up a little bit and just talk about the show Craftopia. I don't want to get too far ahead because if people haven't watched it yet, um, what what is it about and what can people expect when they have the chance to? Oh, yeah, and you should check it out. It's basically just a crafting competition. Uh, that's it. If you want to watch people make things out of nothing and be super creative, this is the thing to watch. Uh, the, the format is there's three people competing. They win a prize at the end of every episode. And I design a set and I judge their crafts. And I sort of decide uh, who gets the prize at the end, which is super cool. It's fun. It's, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a fun show at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you love Hobby Lobby and Michaels, then this show is for you. <laughs> uh, if you like to go in and just create things. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a very fun show, very family friendly, very binge worthy. Uh, it's just so much fun. Were you a very crafty person growing up? Was that something that sort of interested you or did that come later on in life for you? It was, no, it was, I mean, like my mom was my art teacher. She was an art teacher growing up and that was like the cool class for me. Like I, out of, out of music, gym or art in elementary school, art was my favorite. Um, and, and it's just kind of what I grew up with. So, uh, so yeah, in a way, I honestly, like, we kind of laugh at the word crafting, but like, you know, like when you're in Home Depot or Michael's, like you said, and you're just like looking at all that cool stuff and you're like, yeah, I could totally make stained glass. Like that's, I'll do that this weekend. Like, I love that space. I like roaming those stores and seeing those random things. 
looking at all those different types of glue and dreaming about it about it all. It's sort of like a, yeah, it's like for dreamers, really. Does your brain ever stop creating, or is it just something that uh, continues on nonstop? I, I would imagine it's probably, obviously, a huge part of your life. It's so weird that you said that too. Like, there's this feeling on Fridays where, like, you're done with a whole lot of work because basically that's that's my day to day is like creating something or solving some people's problems with creating. And um, on Fridays, you're just so wired up with it that like you can't stop thinking about solutions and like different things and different details that by like Sunday, you're finally coming down and then you're ready to hit it again on Monday. So I, I, I do think it's healthy to take a pause and not think about stuff. Um, but it's also addicting in a way where you just sort of can't stop also. And I, I, I'm a product of my own like behavior, really. I just can't stop sometimes and it's really fun, but it's also uh, intense. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, especially when you're like creating sets for television shows and things like that. Let's walk through the process of how you would create something for, let's say, Kelly Clarkson or The Voice or, or you. all the other shows. Or, yeah, let's, yeah. So, yeah. like, what is your process? How do you go from A to Z, from idea to concept to, like, really putting something together? So, you know, it's kind of like building a house in a way, or it's kind of like doing your living room in a way. So I feel like it's relatable. But basically, at the end of the day, Brett, if you came to me and you said, listen, I'm so sick of this Einstein painting behind me and these wooden beams, what do I do? I mean, right there and then, there's the problem. So we're, we're going to have a conversation. You and I are going to talk about why you hate the Einstein and what's bothering you about these wooden beams. And I'm going to say, Brett, maybe there's just not enough wooden beams. They only stop in the middle of your head right there, and they probably want to finish the entire ceiling, right? Like, And they do, actually, that way. So, yeah. That way. So, like, we have this weird conversation, and we talk, and then I, I say, okay, enough is enough. Brett, let me just draw this for you. So I draw it. I whip up a quick drawing, and sometimes that can happen with a pencil. Sometimes that happens with a computer and we do like a 3D and then I show you and you're like, yeah, but no. And I like this. And so we, we go back and forth, we go back and forth and it's all through the power of drawing. And finally, at some point you say, yeah, that's it. I love that. I love all the wooden beams. I love what you did. There's no more Einstein. Let's make it. And we do. So just like, this is the part where, you know, everybody can relate to. Then we make things out of wood. We paint walls. We put it all into a truck and we drag it to a soundstage and we put it all up. And then we shop for sofas and things like that. But basically, you know, my job is in the planning and it's in the conversation. And it's really in about like kind of identifying what you like, the problems that you're having and sort of blending it and solving it. Yeah. It's, it, it seems like it would be a lot of conversations and problem solving, sort of trying to maneuver through this idea and this world of creativity and uh, but when it's all said and done, again, as I mentioned early on in the beginning, you know, it all invokes emotion. It makes you feel it makes you be a part of whatever it is that you're involving yourself in, whether it's a television show. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many people are aware, but really, I mean, when, when you're watching something, all of it's very planned and calculated. Right. Like whether it's little Easter eggs from part of someone's career or whatever the case might be, like every little detail is thought out, hopefully. Absolutely. You're a fool if you don't think that everything is 
thought out. A every show you watch, this frame around us, uh, it's all here in the person and the talk and like there's makeup people and there's wardrobe people, but then there's all this around me that lots of people weigh in on and it's my job to execute and make and also conceive. And so every frame, every square on TV is all thought through, even in reality shows, even in documentaries. We're doing a documentary right now and it's all very calculated in how it looks. It's aspirational, it's also real. The thing about the type of TV that I do too is, is it's supposed to look um, real and authentic. So you, so the person watching it believes it, but also the person yeah. in it feels it. And it's not like a script where you're like, I'm gonna make a police station. And in the police station, we're in Boston and it's in the sixties. For our types of television, like The Voice and The Masked Singer and Top Chef, we're making things out of thin air that are either a fake made up kitchen or a real rehearsal hall that has to be where music is made and hit songs are created. And so it's a deep dive into what those spaces can be and should be and what the camera wants to see. How many iterations do you go through like when you're designing one of these shows? Is it is it pretty lengthy? Do you have talent? You don't have to name names, but like you get it done and then the talent comes out and goes, oh, this is great. Are you constantly, do you have to change things on the fly or is it like when you get to that space of, you know, we're here, it's, you're done? I like to think, well, first off, the process of making something with a team of people Television is not just made by one person. Like there's a usual. No, there's a lot of people involved. People involved, and they're all they're all visionaries unto themselves. And it's my job to shepherd all those voices into my vision. Um, that can go on, right? Like we're making a house. We're building a house that we're gonna watch a lot. We may as well make it really good. We may as well try out a few things. And so that process, you know, people can complain about it. Lots of people do. It's actually gotten longer and longer, in my opinion, since I've been doing this for the last X amount of years. Um, it, that's really important. So, yes, uh, there's probably at least five or six complete tries to get it to the right spot. But I will say this. There's a magic during construction and during fabrication. Like, you know, when you you know, remodel your kitchen, your cabinet yeah. maker might have a couple of really awesome ideas. So I like to think that it's only 80% done at a certain point of the drawing. Then there's another 20% that you just kind of want to keep a little loose. So like your cabinet maker can say, you know, good idea, but I really think you should consider these doorknobs or whatever they are. And they're, they're, they're great ideas. So you bring those all in. And so, and then on site too, you know, honestly, sometimes the sofa doesn't work. And sometimes then the talent finally feels it and you have to stay flexible enough to let them believe their space. And so, you know what, if you have to change the pillows or change the chair, that's part of the process. So it is like a working organism, honestly. And you want to nail down a lot in the beginning, like 80%, and then you want to let a little bit of it grow. I can imagine. I mean, especially... In the creative space, you you have to have a little bit of room to like move around and things like that. You know, what I mean, unless it's like, and, and it's always fun too um, when you're creating something and you can look at it and go, "This is amazing." I want to talk about the the conversation of branding for just a moment because I think it's so important to talk about when somebody is creating a brand and then they decide 
they want to switch the brand or they want to do something different. How much thought should be put into those types of things or should you just kind of leave things as they are, so to speak, because that's how people might recognize you. Say whether it's a YouTube channel or a podcast, whatever the case might be, maybe even on a smaller scale, if that makes any sense. Good question. Can you, Brett, what do you think is a good example of this? Like in a show, what, what do you think like I can specifically adjust to like well let's say for my podcast i've changed brands a couple different times he's like let's really get to what you're asking here um you know building logos and things like that is it important to keep that as consistent as possible across the board or is it okay to switch things up every once in a while uh to kind of keep things fresh my personal opinion in this and people may vary and whoever you talk to is i think you I think you have to change it up a lot. Okay. I think you have to keep people excited. I though, although I will say you need a common denominator to follow all the way through. You know, okay. wasn't it weird when you, I don't know how old you are, Brett. You feel like we're the same age. Wasn't it 47. Weird? Okay. Okay. We're, I'm in my forties too. Wasn't it weird when you were growing up watching a television show and all of a sudden, like the next season was a little bit better and you were like, wait a second. I miss yeah. the old set like Seinfeld. When, when Elaine yeah. changed her hair and you were like, wait a minute, I miss her old hair. You got to keep something to hold on to. You have to keep, and you have to know the most important part of your brand and what that is. And then okay. it should evolve. It, it should grow. I wouldn't say it's a, a total redo. Please don't do that. For my brand, it's all about our glasses. I sort of believe it's a little bit of a metaphor of just like lending our eyes to the client sure. to sort of see. And our logo just stay, it changes here and there every couple of years. It just get bored and spice it up. But you do want to keep the glasses all the way through. You can change them style, but like there's still, you got to hold on to the one thing in my opinion. I love it. Yeah. I just, again, I find what you do so fascinating. And that was part of my excitement uh, selfishly to talk to you because I mean, we're talking to an Emmy award winner here who's created sets for some of the biggest television shows and uh, reality shows and things like that. So it's a different conversation. It's just so extremely fascinating. Again, you've just been a part of so many different things and you've had the privilege of working with so many amazing people. Throughout the trajectory of your career, has there ever been any piece of advice or something that someone has told you that has just stuck with you, so to speak, and sustained you on this trajectory of creativity and, and really all these things that you do? Oh gosh, I'm always like, uh, I've always got a nugget of wisdom every day, but the, the one thing that sticks out to me, you know, when I was in college and I did the set design, I think it was my first or second college show. And I was a senior, I was ready to get out and I was doing a director's thesis. Anyways, long story short, um, we were in rehearsals and my, the director that I was working for, her teacher said, eh, I feel like you got to change this, this, and this. And we had this concept that was all about one thing. And this piece of advice just swept it right, pulled the rug right out under from it. And me and the costume designer and lighting designer were so upset about the change <laughs> and like what it was going to do and like how it just changed the story. And we had this endless meeting and you know, we finally convinced the director to come back to the way we originally had it. And one of my professors leaned into me after about opening the night, night and said, well, congrats. It looked really awesome and super strong visually. But one thing, one piece of advice is really the mark of a junior designer is the inability to change. Just, wow. just change. Just grow with it. Make every version good. Just 
ease into it. You should not be so rigid. And I thought, and I still, I still think about that all the time. And the people will change things for the last possible second, Brett. And you have to just say, you know what? It, yep, let's do it. Why not? Let's try that. And it could be stronger. And heck, you know. And it's it, it is good advice. It, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a visual translator, right? Like I'm somebody right. to help you, Brett, with your background and your brand. And if you're not happy, or I'm not easy to work with, you're not going to come back to me and I'm not going to be able to continue my art. So it is. Yeah. Advice. Yeah. Again, just fantastic. Um, also too, it's funny you're talking about college and set designs. I was a theater major and I just remember the endless conversations um, that these people would have about things and, we were doing the music man and they wanted to do like a modern industrial type thing. And they're like, no, we want to stick with a Meredith Wilson kind of fun and cartoonish thing. And they were able to kind of like strike a happy middle and go, let's kind of do both. Or even just, you know, working on television sets as, as a background actor and things and all the conversations that happen as far as like, what's going to go here and what's going to go there. It's just a very, uh, would, appear to be sort of a tedious process but really like again going back to our conversation at the beginning it's all very well thought out and very calculated and you go this makes uh, a lot of sense but uh in any case craftopia is fantastic i really recommend people watching it we'll link it in our show notes uh it's on hbo max to stream and of course if you've never seen the kelly clarkson show or the or the Max Singer. I don't know what to tell you. Nailed It is also a good one. You got to watch that. We love that show. Yo, that's another fantastic show. We've been chatting with James Pierce Conley. James, thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, my pleasure. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.